Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The Blue Delta Jeans postgame show is brought to you by who else? Blue Delta Jeans. The holy grail of blue jeans. The pair that fits you so perfectly, it's like they were made just for you. Because they were. Blue Delta Jeans is a Mississippi-based company whose one-size-fits-one jeans are handmade in the U.S. to fit you and only you. Both Brad and myself have multiple pairs of Blue Delta Jeans, so trust us when we tell you your search for the perfect pair or pairs is over. Blue Delta Jeans caters uniquely to your size. You don't even have to visit Oxford to get them either. Simply visit BlueDelta.com, BlueDelta.com right now. Don't wait and see your virtual tailor. Go online to answer 12 questions and be honest, a Southern man should never ask a woman weight, height, shoe size to provide Blue Delta your measurements. And once you've made your selections, submit your order and in just a few weeks, your custom made jeans will arrive at your door. As if you needed further convincing, Blue Delta jeans are the official jeans of Team USA in the Ryder Cup. And right now they're proud to offer their classic Indigo Smooth denim jeans with the Ryder Cup logo on the watch pocket. So what are you waiting on? Blue Delta jeans are comfortable on the first wear, but will feel even better over time as the jean breaks in and they're made just for you in Tupelo, Mississippi. So visit BlueDelta.com today, BlueDelta.com, and use our promo code TOC for Talk of Champions, TOC, for $50 off your first purchase. That's BlueDelta.com, promo code TOC, for $50 off your first purchase. Your search for the perfect pair of jeans is over. Blue Delta Jeans, the title sponsor of the Talk of Champions post-game show. Ready? Wow, this game is over. The Blue Delta Jeans post-game show. It's more fun than it looks. With Ben Garrett and Bradley Sowles. This is the Blue Delta Jeans post-game show. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. If you haven't already subscribed, review Talk of Champions and iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say. As long as it's five stars, this podcast can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Just simply search Talk of Champions. And I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and affiliate of own3.com. Brad, what's going on, man? What's up, man? I mean, crazy game, but I'm um, glad we got out of it with a win and looks like no crazy injuries other than Sam Williams. But um, yeah, I mean, it was, um, you know, not, not the greatest, greatest look, but um, nice to get out of there with a win and get on to the, on to the next week. Um, man, it was, um, it was an interesting day. Ole Miss defeats Liberty 27 to 14 for the second week in a row. The second half was not pretty for Ole Miss, specifically on offense. Just didn't do much at all. Three points, two touchdowns for Liberty to start the second half. So defensively, didn't start well, but they came up with the big interceptions when they needed to. A.J. Finley seals it with about a minute left with an interception in the back of the end zone. Malik Willis, the, quote, first-round draft pick potentially, throws an interception across his body to the middle of the field, and A.J. Finley makes a nice play and Ole Miss wins. Matt Corral gutted through a really tough day just as far as him being banged up. The offensive line was starting Jalen Cunningham, and Jalen Cunningham moved to defensive line late in fall camp. It was his first time back with the offensive line since then, and he started. Braylon Sanders played a little bit. No Jonathan Mingo, no Dontario Drummond. John Rice Plumlee stepped up. Dennis Jackson stepped up. Matt Corral gutting through his own ankle injury with limited weapons, 20 of 27 for 324 and a touchdown. Ole Miss was able to win. And in this game, with what Ole Miss is dealing with, as bad and as ugly of a game as it was, because it was a terrible game to watch. What a boring, awful, terrible football game. Ole Miss won. It wasn't pretty, and what's um, what's killing us is it, it's, it's it's Ole Miss beating Ole Miss, and it's been like this all year. Um, every time we get going on a drive, man, these penalties are absolutely destroying us. I mean, uh, it, it's I'm, I want to say it's got to stop. But there's only a few weeks left, but um, that that's that's really what our team is, man. I mean, we we got a lot of talent. We were able to win win some of these games, but man, it's just so ugly that all these these I mean, we get we get the most unopportune penalties I've ever seen. Um, you know, j- just as a team all, all together, so. Um, you know, you, you look in the game, Braylon Sanders misses that pass early. Dennis Jackson misses the pass early. Well, that's the difference between potentially starting out 21 to nothing, you know, the first three drives. We just keep beating ourselves. And, um, 
you know, at, at some point, hopefully it stops and we put a full game together and that's, that's when we'll see our true potential. But until then, man, I mean, it's just, um, it's tough, it's tough to watch and watch our offense, um, you know, play, play the sloppy of football. You can't watch Ole Miss the last two weeks offensively with all the injuries and with the penalties, the self-inflicted wounds, and think that Ole Miss is just going to run and beat up on Texas A&M and run and beat up on Mississippi State. Those games are very much toss-ups right now. And until Ole Miss gets back healthy, which we don't know if that's going to happen, you can't expect them to play like they were playing midway through the year when they were really humming. You can tell they're beat up. You can tell they're banged up. Matt Krause gutting through it. But Liberty was a good example of how bad off Ole Miss is right now as far as injuries are concerned. And it's really handicapping everything they do. But still, that defense in the second half, after two back-to-back possessions to start, two touchdowns, got a big turnover on downs at midfield. And then Ole Miss offensively, penalties, 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 and have to punt it away. Then they get the interception. There were times that the defense gave the offense opportunities to put it away, and Ole Miss offensively couldn't do that. And if I'd have told you that at the beginning of the year, that Ole Miss offensively would be at this place, well, then you'd say, oh, Ole Miss is in trouble. And yet Ole Miss continues to win, which is the only thing that really matters here. But if you're looking for areas of optimism after Liberty, there's just not much there for me. Yeah, I think you're right, man. I just think that it's a, um, you know, got a combination of multiple things going on. You got injuries, got a lot of sloppy play. Um, you know, the defense, honestly, man, like as frustrating as it is, um, they, they, what they are doing better this year is having to, they are getting takeaways they're getting to the quarterback. They're bending, not breaking, you know, completely, but it's just, um, you know, I have some issues with the scheme, but it is what it is. We, we are better there than we were the previous year. And you would think, you know, if our offense was where it was last year, you know, we, we would be, we'd be one of these games a lot bigger, but, um, yeah, man, I mean, it's, it, it's tough to be op- optimistic going forward. Hopefully, hopefully we get some, um, you know, get some guys back and, and get in there. Because, I mean, you look at, aside from Ely's run, I mean, we probably averaged two yards a carry versus Liberty. And they averaged much more per carry versus us, which is which is alarming to me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just we, we got to – it's tough to be optimistic going forward. But we're going to um, – you know, I think we'll be, um, we'll be good. Defensively almost won the game by getting those big stops in the second half. But offensively – for me, it's just about getting healthy. That's all it is. It's not just Matt Corral. It's Braylon Sanders. It's Jonathan Mingo. The offensive line starting Jalen Cunningham was just stunning to me. I did not expect that at all. And that was nothing that we even heard was a possibility this week. And to see him out there and then for Sam Williams to get hurt late with a hip injury. And he came back in, but he couldn't continue. I just don't know how almost gets to the finish line here, the way they're going. Yeah. Everybody kind of sees what the, the writing on the wall is. Hey, man, we're pretty banged up. We're, we're, we're good when all our first teamers are in there, but when they're not, then our quarterback can't run. It makes us pretty average, man, and that's um, that's what we see coming up, especially with the with the the two SEC games that we well, that we have three, but the two really tough ones that we have left, um, especially one of being on a road to, to a rival. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I'd like to see us get healthy. I'd like to, I mean, I, I don't I know how severe Matt's injury is, but um, I'd like to see that you know a, a good week of of whatever they got to do. I'm sure they'll be treating it. Um, you know, let's get back this week and have a more consistent game, but. Man, it's just it's the same thing show up week after week, and that's what's concerning is is what when are we gonna put our foot down and fix it? You know, at some point the player has to look at himself and say, Hey, like, why do we keep making these mistakes? Like there needs to be some accountability somewhere because every just about every drive almost has a penalty that just absolutely just just tears. I mean, it's hard to play when it's when it when second and three turns into second and sixteen. You know, it just it, it's it's tough. So we we gotta figure out a way to clean that up. Well, the Calvary isn't coming for the offensive line. Ben Brown's out for the year. Caleb Warden's playing through the torn ligaments in his ankle. He's doing the best he can with what he's got. I don't think he's ever going to be 100% or get back to that place. You've got what you've got up front. Orlando Umana, Bryce Ramsey, Jordan Rhodes, those guys, Cedric Melton, you have to play. But the fact that Jalen Cunningham's in there starting, we're, we're talking about being the worst-case scenario for the Ole Miss offensive line. And the wide receivers aren't much better. But give John Rice Plumley and Dennis Jackson a lot of credit. Coming into this game, John Rice Plumley on the year hadn't totaled what he put up in the outback bowl as far as receiving yards. And then against Liberty, he stepped up, especially in the second half when Ole Miss just couldn't get much going. And Dennis Jackson started rough with the drop on what would have easily been a first down, if not a big, big gainer. And he goes over 100 yards and becomes the number one default, number one wide receiver for Ole Miss and Matt Corral against Liberty. So there were some positives in that respect. Some guys that you needed to see step up, step up. But Ole Miss has to get healthier. That's it. They have to get their guys back because Ole Miss can't survive going like this. 
and you knew it was going to come up and bite them eventually. And it did against Auburn in the second half, but it almost did against Liberty because that game was really uncomfortable. And yes, Ole Miss was up 27 to nothing or whatever it was. If Ole Miss is fully healthy against Liberty, they wax that team. And yet it was 27 to 14 because every single team, say for maybe Alabama or Georgia, every other team can't compensate for these kind of injuries. It's almost impossible. One thing, if you're looking for a silver lining um, here, I think what, what's really, really important to note is guys like John Royce Plumley, Dennis Jackson, Pierce, and some of those guys are getting valuable reps down the stretch. So if we were to get healthy, um, you know, moving forward for this year and next year, you know, these guys have got good game experience that they probably wouldn't have got if those guys were healthy. So um, that is one positive. And, and, and I, I said it, you know, I said it earlier in the year, man, Dennis has real talent. Um, you know, he, 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 he could be a, a next level kind of guy. He moves that well, and it's nice to see it show up. Um, he, he's one of those guys who I look for at some point to blossom, be, be one of the guys. So, um, you know, it sucks. These guys are out, but luckily these guys are stepping up, get some good experience. So if we can't ever get fully healthy, which, um, it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case, but, um, it's going to be nice to, um, you know, ha- have those guys moving forward to some good depth. Well, you bring up a really good point because I've said this to you and I'm not shy about it. I'll say it publicly. Dennis Jackson, with the way things were going with all these wide receiver injuries, to not be able to make an impact when he had such a good fall camp, if he couldn't do it now, then chances were he was going to get processed at the end of the year because Ole Miss has a sizable amount of attrition coming come December. It has to because the hard cap 85 is back and Ole Miss has to get down there and sign a full class. And Dennis Jackson just wasn't doing anything. So is a game like this a building block for not only him, but for the future of that position, knowing that, okay, well, maybe Dennis can give them something. Yeah, Dennis. Dennis has real talent, man. I I think that with him, it looks like there was maybe some some issues with with plays or, or making making simple mistakes. He did have a penalty in there today where he blocked a guy. Like that's like common stuff that that you know would probably drive a coach crazy. If I had to guess, it, it has some some long lines to do with like Snoop. You know, Snoop I think struggles at times to to pick up certain blitzes and stuff, and maybe the trust isn't completely there. But um, yeah, for the most part both those guys and, and Dennis in particular has great talent. And I think that there's something there to be had with him. I like how they were just getting the ball in his hands too. on a couple of those, um, those little QBs or whatever sweeps when he's, I mean, that that's, that's all good stuff. John Rice and Dennis both can run and they showed it today on those sweeps whenever they're getting it. So getting them involved early and, and getting them going is, is a big thing. And I, I called early. I thought he was going to have a big game. He ended up having, having a pretty big one. Plumley goes in motion. Corral throws near side. Wide open. Dennis Jackson. Cuts it back to the five. Touchdown. 40 yards. Well, Dave, you'll see here, when you bring pressure, you leave a lot of guys in one-on-one situation. And that time, Dennis Jackson, he's just running that over route. We saw him do this earlier in the game. And this time, he doesn't drop the football. He was really untouched on one of those over routes. He had a drop. But that one there, he's able to hold on to it. He's untouched as he goes into the end zone. Where has that stuff with John Rice Plumley been all year? It's not like he can't do that stuff. It's not like you have to wait for the, all your wide receivers to go down for John Rice to be able to get those sweeps, those quick passes, and get out on the edge and get in space and move like he can because he can run. He can really run. He makes great cuts. He made two really impressive cuts um, in the second half that really resulted in big gainers. So if you can get the ball in his hands, he can give you something in that respect. It's just surprising that yeah. it's taken this long for them to just do those things that they could have been doing with Don Ontario and Braylon and Jonathan Mingo in the game. Yeah, it's just, it, it, I tell you what it comes down to, it's just limited reps. You know, it's, um, you know, so many other places I'm for their other guys and, you know, fitting those in there, you know, you, you would think they can, but it's just not, I guess it just wasn't high up on the list for them. Um, you know, you, you, if you look at it, it was starting the season where you got Braylon Sanders, Mingo, um, and Drummond healthy along with, with all the running backs healthy. I mean, you're thinking, Hey, there's going to, that's a lot of plays design. You know, you look at five, five, six plays per each guy and that, that pretty much gives you the whole game. So, um, you know, it's I guess it just wasn't wasn't high on the totem pole. They didn't feel like it was it took precedent over other guys getting plays. So, but it is nice to see it showing up, man. John Rice had a good day. Um, you know, and, and I think moving forward, you know, it's hard to switch positions. And it, people that thought he was just going to go over and be this star wide receiver, I, I I called that early. I said not happen. Like it just doesn't happen like that. So, but this is great going forward for him to be getting these viable reps and and having some success. Because, you know, next year we're going to need a guy. We're going to need guys. And, and he, he could be on his way to having a great season and um, or a great career at wide receiver. And it looks like he's starting to get over the hump a little bit and, and starting to learn how to play a position and, and find a little niche. And today it was really cool to see him, um, you know, ha- have some big plays for us. 
They worked this week on a couple of packages with John Rice at quarterback, and you only saw that once. Were you surprised by that at all? Um, no, I wasn't surprised. I mean, I just don't. I, I just think you know, if if you're transitioning him over to, to wide receiver, like let him do it. You know, go go full go there. He's he's got um, you know, you got, you got to get to get every reps possible. I I do think that them doing some of the the wildcat stuff with them would have been pretty cool. But the one play they did do, he probably should have gave it to Pearson there and got stuffed. And then after that, I think they just moved on from it. But no, I think he's a wide receiver now, man. Let's, let's, let's keep it there. Let's um, that's, that's where he, if he's got any chance of being a good football player, it's going to be there. And um, you know, w- w- once you made that decision, you're, you're, you're there now with it. There is something to be said about that because back in 2019, John Rice was doing that every single play as the quarterback making those reads. He hasn't been making those reads for two years now. Stands to reason that you could just throw it in at Liberty Week and expect it to be successful. He's out of practice with that stuff and it didn't work. Here's Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss head coach, following Ole Miss's 27-14 win over Liberty. It was kind of, you know, almost like the Arkansas game reversed where we played really good on one side and not on the other. And, you know, nine sacks is awesome, three interceptions. Now we didn't play as well as we'd like, but the play counts got lopsided 81 to 55 because we're not making third downs on offense, which is obviously an issue. Two of nine um, versus thumbs, you know, putting our defense back out on the field a lot. So, you know, Matt was courageous, played pretty well. It was good to see two backup receivers and, Plumley and Danis Jackson go over 100 yards and make some plays, um, which was really good to see. And, you know, it's very human nature to let up. You know, the first run goes for 70 and it's 24 nothing at half. And um, unfortunately, we gave into that. Jared, obviously, we had three carries last week, second play game. Just how important was it for him to kind of have early success today? Yeah, that, that was great. Probably like you guys thought, you know, if we were going to run the ball a lot better um, after that. I thought we were going to run the ball really well coming into the game, just looking at matchups and things. They had played really good statistical defense um, all year long. You know, people had not had a lot of points and yards against them. Um, so I thought we would. And very surprised after that run how our inability to, you know, run the ball. You know, now Matt's part of that because obviously he can't run at all, so he can't run the same type of runs that you normally run. Like it's one plumbly at the end, you normally would have pulled. Uh, so, but, <clears throat> you know, penalties just really not smooth on offense in the second half. You know, um, not, it, it's hard to be really excited, but I guess we're seven and two, so. You brought up Dennis, just seemed like he was very well involved in the game plan for him to come back after that early drop and have the game he did. Just how impressed were you with the way he kind of stuck in there? It was huge. Probably, you know, Plumlee, um, and you're probably the story to the game offensively, but probably even more him because he had, you know, missed a lot of opportunities when games or practice and not made, you know, plays that we needed to make. And so for him to do that today was huge. And, um, you know, he had the one in Tennessee, but you know he was he was wide open. Then here he made some competitive plays, you know, which is what we've been waiting on for him to do because um, he's very talented. Just obviously in the second half they started running the ball a lot more to try and take the pass rush out of the game. How did their adjustment kind of change what you guys were doing defensively? Well, as usual, we're in a lot of three man rush and spying him, and um, you know and there were some long yardage situations. They were first and 30, first and 20, um, you know, and we gave up some really explosive runs, you know, in those situations, you know, trying to play safe. So um, we had a lot of improvement to do. I thought we wore down in the second half again because we're not staying on the field on offense. The defense is out there too many plays. And you could see that, especially with Chance, look how he was able to make those plays. And the quarterback usually never wears down. So a running quarterback, Jalen Hurts, Georgia, you know, like everyone else is starting to get tired, but the quarterback hasn't run very much. So, you know, that happened in the game. You know, you're playing all these snaps, running around, and the quarterback half the time, you know, is handing off or just throwing rhythm. So that can always be an issue late in the game. You've talked all year about wanting to play four complete quarters, wanting to finish games. How does a team start doing that? I don't know. Do you have the answer? I don't. That's why I'm asking. 
Um, I really thought it was going to happen. I felt good about the week of practice. I felt good about her, you know, even though we had all the, we still have all these injuries on offense. I really felt, you know, in the way the game went in the first half, I felt it was going to be that complete game, you know, 48-7 or something. And it, and it was headed that direction. And, you know, we got out of rhythm, got some penalties on offense, you know, and didn't make some plays, a third down drop. And all of a sudden, you know, we're in the game. Sam's up to 10 and a half sacks this year. It's the most for an Ole Miss player in the modern era. Just what has his consistency and presence meant for this defense this season? I think it says where the lead player he is, you know, because we're in three-man rush. So I don't keep that stat. You know, find out what's the nation leader when you're a three-man rush team, you know, because it's a lot harder. You're getting doubled all the time. So um, maybe there's an analytic on that. But that, to me, shows how special Sam is. If you set the school record with three regular season games to go and you're a three-man rush, you know, says a lot. We'll take questions up top. Wayne, I know it was um, obviously just recently, so you probably don't know too much, but do you have any info on Sam, if he's banged up or not, and, and how's he doing? Um, well, he went, the one that looked really bad, he went back in, so um, I don't know anything more than that. And, and staying on the defense, A.J. Finley made a couple nice plays today. How have you seen him kind of progress through the whole season, basically, and also in practice that uh, in ways that we kind of maybe haven't seen? Well, he was hurt early in the year, I think second or third game, and was struggling, I think, with an ankle, and you could tell that out there. So um, he's healthy now and, and playing better. And in general, we're playing better on defense, and our, our secondaries, our safeties are playing better and not giving up as many explosive plays. Coach, how do you uh, combat that those second halves, you know, wanting to finish better? Um, you know, maybe human nature would be up as you mentioned to, to let off. I guess at this point in the year, I guess as a coaching staff, how do you support to you know the kids that hey, we, we got to finish no matter what the score is. Well, like I said, I mean we try. Um, I don't think there's a magic potion. You know, I'm not making excuses. If you're fully healthy. You know, it helps because you got more players. You know, like on offense. You know, all those receivers are out there, and these guys are rotating through, and you got you know, more energy at the end of games because your play counts are lower versus, you know, playing every snap. So that helps too. And um, when the quarterback can't move very well, remember, think about throughout the season, there's a lot of third downs he's making on his own. Things are broke down. You get beat up front and he scrambles and makes somewhere today. He can't do that. So um, that's not a great third down combination. Like basically your top three receivers are out and your quarterback can't run anymore. Lane, you, you mentioned how uh, you weren't like too excited about your, your 7 and 2, but at the same time, with all the injuries y'all have on offense, Matt still threw for over 300 yards. You established a lot on the ground game. Maybe in the second half, you didn't score as many points as you wanted to, but still offensively put up some numbers and yards. What does it kind of say about these guys when you have all these injuries and you're still able to put up numbers like you did? Well, it says if we have a very elite quarterback, you know, that is, did not practice the entire week. You know, um, tell you yesterday did a few things. So, you know, that, that's not easy to do and still be accurate like he was with the ball. Um, you know, and I talked to him late in the week. There's a lot of quarterbacks wouldn't play, especially nowadays, you know, with everybody in their ear saying they're already a first round pick. Don't get injured worse. Don't, you don't need to play in this game. And that's kind of the age we're in. Most of the kids don't play nowadays. So the fact that, that, he didn't even question that. He's like, I'm, I'm not letting this team down. I'm playing no matter what. It says a lot about him. Coach, obviously you have a relationship with Coach Freeze. What was your message to him at the end of the game when y'all met at midfield? Well, I don't know him all that well. I met him a few times. My brother worked here with him. Um, just said good luck. And, um, you know, his defense did a great job. And his quarterback played really well. So, good luck. We're going three, one, two, three. Let's go. Brad's Big Thing. That was Lane Kiffin. This is the Blue Delta Jeans Post Game Show. I'm Ben Garrett. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. What's your one big thing from Ole Miss's 27-14 win over Liberty? 
Yeah, I think the big thing today, the 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 reason the reason we were able to win that game was um, the defense early on. Man, they started out kind of fast. They got after this quarterback like I was hoping they would. Um, I think we rattled them in the first half. Got off to a fast start. Um, you know, I think I think that that was really the reason reason we won the game. But you know, m- moving forward after that, I was a little disappointed in the second half. Um, I just didn't think that the effort was there. I thought it was a little bit uninspired football. But um, you know, mo- moving forward, I think that we. Um, you know, we got to get healthy as a team and, and, and you t- two things that are, that are hurting Ole Miss football right now is, is their health and the sloppy play, the undisciplined sloppy play. We, it, it hurt us last week. It's hurt us multiple weeks this year. Um, I just think moving forward, if we have a chance to win Mississippi state or a and game, I think we wax bandy just off pure talent. Um, you know, if we have a chance to win either one of those games, it's, we gotta, we gotta somehow get healthy and somehow, put our best foot forward, um, you know, at the right time. We, we've got away with it a couple of times this year, but, um, you know, I, I think moving forward, it's, um, you know, we're, we're going to need our best to have a chance to win either one of those games. You know better than anyone how to look at potential NFL players and break them down. Malik Willis finishes. He and Matt Crow right now are really considered maybe one and two, and you can flip-flop him if you want to, but one and two as far as quarterbacks for the NFL draft in 2022. But Malik That's- Willis finished 16 for 25 for 173 and three interceptions. He ran the ball 27 times for 71 yards and a touchdown. A lot of that had to do with the sacks that Ole Miss had. Season high, and Sam Williams, who got hurt with the hip injury, got his single-season record setting, 10.5 sacks. But Matt Craig was 20 of 27 with two bad ankles for 324 and a touchdown. Explain to me how these guys are even considered on the same playing field as far as their draft potential. Because Matt Craig looks like a next-level quarterback, and Malik Willis looks like a project at best. If you put Malik Willis in last year's draft class, he would have no case with Lawrence or Lance, any of these guys in the top end, Mac Jones, Justin Fields. Matt Crow could make his case. He certainly would be number six at worst, but Malik Willis wouldn't even be in the conversation here. So why is he in the conversation with Matt Crow? Because it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, dude, I'm going to be, be very candid and very honest here. There is zero chance that kid's a first-round pick. Uh, there's no way. And I, I know they're going to go the route of, hey, you know, you got one kid playing for an SEC school, another kid playing for a Liberty. Um, I mean, it, he don't. I don't know, man. I, I don't see it. I really don't. And I think he's a great, great athlete. He probably does really well versus some of the smaller schools when they're playing. But I do not see anything close to a first-rounder. I, I just, I, I try to envision a guy. Malik Willis sitting back there playing for a Pittsburgh up in Baltimore, trying to drop back and throw it i just i don't see it i don't see it now he's he's a good athlete exceptional athlete i think he'll have some form of you know nfl career i don't know how that'll look but the first round that's that's just that's absolutely brutal no way um i i, I did not see that I, I don't think he reads it very well uh, which led to some of those sacks um you know I, I just try i just try to envision somebody you know back there versus in an nfl game trying to you know make quick throws make I don't see it, but, um, you know, may, maybe there's guys smarter than me out there, but if Malik Willis is playing on an NFL team starting, I'd be shocked. Willis, shoulder fake. Going to the wide side. That is picked off on the back end by Finley. He'll have it out to the 30-yard line, and that'll snuff out a Liberty drive with 2.55 on the clock before halftime. What about Matt Corral? Because I felt like he did nothing to take away from his NFL draft potential with this performance. 20 of 27 for 324 and a touchdown. And he did it with two bum ankles and a defensive lineman now, starting at right guard and without his top wide receivers, one of which Braylon Sanders played, but played limitedly. And you could tell that he's banged up too. So Matt Crow, I feel like, is doing everything he can conceivably do, considering all the things that are going on around him, including what he's dealing with himself. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. 
That's pxg.com slash TOC. Code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions podcast network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Yeah, and listen, Matt Corral has, um, he, all he had to do this year was, was clean up the recklessness with the football, and he did just that. And he, he's, been, he's been phenomenal. He really has. Um, you know, he, he's making throws, he, he's making reads, he's smart with the ball. So, I mean, he's going to have a chance to be a first rounder. He'll likely be a first rounder. And I, I just think, I just think that the sky's the limit for him, man. He throws the ball well, um, you know, makes the right reads, really scans the field, field well. I think he has a good grasp of what's going on out there. Um, he'll certainly have a shot. Now, I don't know how successful Matt Corral will be. Nobody knows. I mean, they, they, you can sit back all day and say how, how, how do it. I mean, you would have thought Chad Kelly would have had a good career. You, know, you just don't know. At, that all depends on what system he gets in, what um, you know, what coordinator he has. There's so much that goes into that. What talents around him? I mean, you look at Elijah Moore right now. He's up in New York, and he, you know, you're not really hearing much from him. He called a touchdown the other night, but you know, when you're on a bad team, you just don't know. You just don't know what what situation a player's going to get put in. But I think Matt Corral has the talent to 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 go and and, and give himself a good, a good shot to be a solid NFL player. Um, I, I think he'll certainly get drafted drafted in the first round or pretty close to it, just just based off of what else is out there as well. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think he's he's more than than proved proved his case. Here's Matt Corral going up top. Big hit and catch from Dennis Jackson down to the 30 yard line. 52 yard pickup. Jackson hold on to this pass here, you know, and so that's the one thing that you see his speed to stretch a defense. Every single Friday. The staffers at the Ole Miss Spirit, including you, submit our picks for the game ahead. And you said in your breakdown of Liberty that Ole Miss had to run the ball well. Now, if you look at the stats, Jerry O'Neill had a great game, 10 for 115 and two touchdowns, but his long was 70. And after him, yeah. Snoop Connor was 7 for 19. Matt Crow banged up, 6 for 9. Henry Parrish, 3 for 7. John Rice Plumley 2 for negative 8. Overall, 28-142, 5.1 yards per carry. 466 yards of total offense for Ole Miss. 457 yards of total offense for Liberty. Liberty passed for 173. Ole Miss passed for 324. Liberty ran for 284 against a soft box, which made no sense to me with T.J. Durkin. We'll get to that in a second. And then Ole Miss went for 142. Now, is that more to do with not having Ben Brown? Caleb Warren's banged up. Really, you're only two true healthy, or three, three healthy starters are Orlando Umana, Nick Broker, and Jeremy James up front. And they didn't have depth to begin with. Is it more about the offensive line, or is there an issue as far as the running game that we need to start paying attention to? Man, I, I'm a, there's a couple issues here. One, we're banged upon the O line, which at, at the end of the day, we're SC, we're an SEC you know team. You, who I don't give a shit who's on the SEC team. You should be able to run the ball versus Liberty. Um, you know, and so you take Jerry Neely's run out of there, we average like two yards a carry, which is super alarming. And on the flip side, they absolutely destroyed us in the run game. Some of that had to do with the quarterback, um, you know, running. You know, that's all. That's always tough. When I was in Seattle, Russell Wilson always made our rushing stats look really good every week. We were always the number one rushing team, but they you know, really couldn't run the ball that great. So, um, you know, you have that going on, and then I just don't see a whole lot of creativity in the run game, man. I mean, we're we're not running a bunch of different plays. You know, it's the same little condensed box run. You know, the right or left. You know, and, and the one week we added some creativity, we ran the outside zone really heavily versus LSU. We were having some some success, but I don't think I don't know. Um, you know, schematically, what, what, um, you know, I, I think there's more to be had there. I think there's, there's a little more creative creativity to add, um, you know, to, to maybe go more so what they're doing, um, yeah, against more so what they're doing. So, um, I don't know, man. I mean, that was, that was pretty shocking to see us get stuffed all, all game. Um, and it, it's just, it goes back to the same thing as last week. I feel like they know when we're running it every time. I don't know if we're there. I'd have to watch the film close, but I don't know if we're giving off keys or what, but, um, you know, I feel like these defense coordinators are starting to, you know, they're starting to bring multiple guys, multiple safeties when they know we're going to run and they're, and they're guessing right. So to, it tells me there's some kind of key on film. Just saw Casey Kelly getting healthier and healthier every day at tight end. Big hole off the left side. There goes Jerry Ely, the speedster. 
will take it on the second play of the game to the end zone. 70 yards. The Ole Miss run defense. Help me make sense of this, because I have my own thoughts about it, but I'm a football layman. I don't pretend to be some expert. Make this make sense as far as the soft box that they had, rushing three. They started out bringing pressure, and it was working. But the run defense and not really filling the box, especially when Liberty decided they're going to run the ball and they're going to stick to it, and Ole Miss didn't really make any adjustments. Am I wrong there? Did they make adjustments? And if they did, what adjustments did they make? Because all I know... I'm watching this game, and it's like beating your head against the wall, wondering, what is DJ Durkin doing here? They're lining up and trying to do the same thing over and over and over again, and it's not working. Man, it's it's the three-down line with two linebackers and the two overhangs that are usually there or out in, in, in space. And it's almost like you're running a prevent defense while they have a tight end and – you know, and early downs and he just said F it and he just started. I mean, literally all they have to do, you're, you're falling forward for four yards for you ever even get touched. And, um, some of it had to do with bad tackling today that, that, that hurts a little bit as well. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it, at times, man, I think we're doing some good stuff and we're really coming after them and, and, you know, sending guys against the run. We did miss a few tackles that, that made a few of them pop, but, you know, then there's times in the in his first down, you know, first and 20. How, how, how many yards did they average on the draw today? I bet they I bet they had four draws for 80 yards or, or, or close them to it. So First and 20, uh, a draw <laughs> for 13, 14, 15, 16 yards. And now it's second it and four. It's crazy. Times. It, it happened kept happened happening times. over and over. Multiple times. When it's first and 30 and they get it, they get the first down easily, that's concerning. That's super concerning, man. And, and it's – I don't know what it is. I mean, we, we get there in that first down and – you know, we got, we got, they got a tight end. They got a, they got another running back and then a, then a fullback looking guy. And we got three guys with, with two, like that's not matching up to what you, what they're going to do. You think, you think he's going to throw it right there. You think he's going to, you think he's going to throw it over the top on us. Like, and, and at least if we're going to play that, let's stop the pass, but we're not stopping the pass either. So I just, um, I feel like when we're aggressive, you know, things look good for us. We're getting after them. That's really what, what was the difference when we decided to be aggressive today but man sometimes those early downs were just giving up unnecessary yards um which a lot of that has to do with um you know just where we're lined up and i don't don't think that's that's really a talent thing i think it's just um you're outnumbered and um anybody can run for for four or five yards on that and it's not a nitpicky thing if you pulled out the final stats and you saw 27 to 14 almost didn't give up any points into the second half back-to-back touchdowns to start the second half and made it a game they still had nine sacks 11 tackles for loss and three interceptions and a couple of forced fumbles. I mean, there's a lot of good if you look at the baseline stats, but watching that game, stuff like that, the draws, first and 20, first and 30, and they're still able to pick up the first down in three plays. It concerns you, especially if you look down the rest of the schedule at Texas A&M, at Mississippi State, not necessarily Vanderbilt, but if you're trying to win out, that is not the effort. Saturday was not the effort against Liberty that you would want to see from your defense, knowing what your offense is dealing with as far as injuries are concerned. Knowing that the defense had to step up and play well, and defensively, they didn't really play that well. There was a missed field goal for Liberty. There was a couple of plays that a wide receiver for Liberty dropped the ball on a first down that could have been a big gain in front of Tylen Knight, who had a really rough day. Just time and again, you could pick things apart and say, wait a second, if this happens and this happens, they didn't happen. That's not how football works, but against good teams, and Liberty's not a good team. I know they were 7-2, and two, and I know I felt that looming sense of dread that I felt back when Ole Miss was going to Memphis in 2015. But watching them, I was like, oh my God, this team's terrible. And they are terrible. They're terrible. And yet it was a game, and a lot of that had to do with how badly Ole Miss played. So yes, Ole Miss has won this game, and that's all that matters, especially when you consider the injuries and everything else. Ole Miss just needed to win the game and get out of there, period. And they did that. But if you're thinking about the long-term outlook, it's not great. Yeah, I agree. I agree, man. And I, I think we keep having the same conversations about the defense. It's not going to change. So I, I guess Ole Miss fans will sit back and, and, and watch it. But all I can imagine is what that's going to look like versus AM next week on first down. And that's we got right. three, yeah. di- three guys and two, two linebackers back there. Um, I mean, we're going to be sacrificing eight yards every first down. Um, you know, it's just – it's not going to change. Uh, we, we keep saying it all year that this is what Durkin is. This is what he does. At times, man, he really calls it well and looks well. And at times, I, I think it's um, it, it's almost it's almost brutal to watch. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to fathom how we're lined up versus certain stuff. So um, it is what it is. Sit back and enjoy it. Nothing's going to change. We can keep harping on it on this podcast, but we don't really have any pull when it comes to that. And this is what he is, and this is what he's going to do. 
Well, Lane Kiffin, you can tell, is pretty frustrated by all of it. Now, offensively, he has reason to be frustrated because it was the second week in a row that Ole Miss was bad, but at least you have a built-in excuse. There aren't really any excuses in football. It's a results-oriented business. But at least offensively, they do have some things that they can point to and say, okay, this is why we're struggling. Defensively, what are the excuses? I don't see it. I just see the same inept scheme, and it's not working. We didn't play very well around them. We didn't play very well up front. You know, lost the second half. So we're 7-2, and two, which is good. Our defense played really good outside of two series, uh, which was great to see. But, you know, for the second week in a row in the second half, we just really struggle on offense. Well, you mentioned not playing very well around Corral. With Texas A&M coming next week, what do you want to see improve? Uh, I'd like to get our players back and get them healthy. Um, and then, you know, not make the penalties we made, which hurt us in the game. A lot of the scheme is saved by the great effort of three players. I mean, you look at Chance Campbell, Mark Robinson, and Sam Williams, they're chasing shit down all over the place. And um, and Springer as well. I mean, th- those guys are, are, are really are really saving it because of how, how well they're playing sideline to sideline. Um, <laughs> you don't have those players in there and you're trying to do this scheme. I, I, it, could, it could be brutal. It could, it could be really brutal. We're not trying to sound too Debbie Downer here, so I guess it's time to hand out some helmet stickers. We're going three. One, two, three. Let's go. Helmet stickers. Every single week after every single Ole Miss game, win or lose, we hand out helmet stickers. Three apiece. Your first goes to who? I'm going to go with Dennis Jackson. You know, I, I was on him early in fall camp. I, I kind of thought he was um, was a really talented player. Um, probably been going through a lot. He had a big camp. I'm sure he throws me more involved. Hasn't really been this year. But, man, when Ole Miss really needed a receiver to step up, he looked like one of the main receivers. I mean, he looked as good. He had as good a game as anybody's had this year. Um, called a deep one. He did miss one, but um, you know you can't expect that for someone who hasn't played a ton. But all in all today, man, he was um, he gave us a real spark that we needed a wide receiver. Bounced back from a really ugly drop. Finished with six catches for 126 and a touchdown with a long of 50. It was a good day for him. He had a great fall camp, and we all thought at this point he was on breakout candidate watch, and yet it just hasn't happened. But when they needed him to step up and make some plays with Dontario drumming out, with Jonathan Mingo out, with Braylon Sanders banged up and limited. He did that. And so did John Rice Plumley, who gets my first helmet sticker. Seven catches, 110, a long of 32. He didn't rush the ball that much. Actually, when he did, he went for negative yardage, negative four on two carries. But John Rice looked like a wide receiver today. Now, they were doing some things creatively to get the ball on his hands, things they could have done earlier in the year. Not a lot of opportunity when you're trying to get the ball to Dontario Drummond and your real playmakers. But John Rice showed that he can give you something. He's got some juice. And in the open field, especially when they were struggling to move the ball in the second half, they didn't score but three points. But when they had to control the clock, when they had to milk the clock a little bit, get some yards, they started force-feeding John Rice Plumley, And it worked. Yeah, man, he's getting better and better. Um, um, you know, one, one, thing, one thing I like about John Rice right now and – if you, if you if you really look at the modern-day player, a lot, a lot of the guys in the situation he's been in, they, they transfer, they quit, they drop their head, but he's just out there working, man. I mean, he's trying to get better and better. Um, he, he's keeping a, keeping a decent attitude, it seems like, and, you know, it's it, it's kind of lost in the shuffle nowadays, but but I've, but back in the day, you know, guys would, you know, they weren't weren't quite there. They'd work their tail off, and they would they would have some success later, and he's just one of those guys, man. I think he's um, – you know, I think he's getting better and better, and I think at some point, um, yeah, he'll be a big part of the Ole Miss offense if he keeps working. And um, the talent's there; he'll he'll keep getting better and better. And I'm, I'm I'm proud for him. My second helmet sticker goes to AJ Finley. He led Ole Miss with 12 total tackles, five solos, two interceptions. Now you never want a safety to lead you in tackles. It goes back to what we were talking about with the Ole Miss run defense. But AJ Finley on his own had a really good day. Got the game-winning interception there at the end of the game when Malik Willis tried to throw across his body to the middle of the field. But A.J. Finley has had a sneaky, really, really solid junior year. Yeah, he he, he showed up really good. And that, that, I'll go back to what we were talking about, um, you know, the Liberty quarterback. You know, that, that interception, the first interception he threw, it was clearly cover two right there, and he threw it right into the safety. Yep. Um, you know, so, so, so to me, that's what I'm looking like, okay, like he's not really reading the defense. You know, it, it's not – that that's the kind of questions, that's the kind of things that that, that make me say not first round. So he threw it right to to a cover two safety. This you know usually usually you make that throw a lot earlier and, and hit that little hole right there. But you know you're waiting and you, you throw it late, not good. So yeah, but it was a great play by him. It was cool seeing him. He, he's a great athlete. He really is. He's long. Um, good know, hands. Really good. Look, really good hands. So it was nice to see him get 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 going. Your second helmet sticker goes to who? 
Um, I'm going to give it to Sam Williams. I mean, I think you got to on the day like this when he set the school record for sacks um, in a season. So, um, yeah, I mean, he he had a he had, he had a big day, man. He was absolutely destroying those tackles. Re- really, all really all our our ends were destroying their tackles, and you know that's that's kind of um, kind of what you expect when you're playing a, playing a school like that that um, probably doesn't have quite the tackles you're going against every week. He finished the game fifth on Ole Miss in total tackles with eight, three solos, two sacks. Two and a half tackles for loss, one quarterback hurry, and one forced fumble. He was a one-man wrecking crew. Those tackles, when they tried to one-on-one block him, it was a disaster for them. And he sets the single-season record, the modern-day single-season record for sacks with ten and a half on the year for Sam Williams. Has made himself a lot of money this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's going to be one of those guys, man, that um, he'll test really well. Apparently he can run. I've heard it. I've seen it, and, I, and I've I've heard it from multiple people. Apparently he can run, and and they're going to look at that production in the SEC and and what he looks like going one on one in this crazy three down scheme, and um, they're going to watch him run, and they are going to be absolutely all over it. They're going to think they can develop him into to the next next great pass rusher. I really hope that the hip injury isn't something that lingers because this guy has really bounced back and been that disruptive force, and I guess that kind of shows you why DJ Durkin has leaned so much on this three man front. But Sam Williams on his own has been incredible. And like I said, made himself a lot of money. My third and final helmet sticker goes to Chance Campbell. Ten total tackles. Second on the team. Three solos. Two sacks. Two and a half tackles for loss. One pass breakup that should have been an interception. But he spied Malik Willis pretty much all game. Mark Robinson did it a little bit too. But Chance Campbell, he keeps coming up big. Yeah, one of the best portal pickups I can I can remember. I mean, he, he's he's a game changer for us. Um, I think he's an all-SEC linebacker. I mean, if you look at what he's doing for our team, on defense, um, you know, chasing down these quarterbacks, making these plays. Really should have had a pick today. Um, it happens, though, man. That ball got tipped a little bit there late. Um, but, yeah, he – I mean, he has really changed – you know, he's really given our defense a chance to actually make some plays this year. And, you know, he almost, he almost had another rip-out fumble there at the end. Like the guy's knee was down, but – he he's having an all SEC season. He you know I'm sure I'm sure them Georgia linebackers and a couple other ones will get in over him. But man, he's 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 really really had a good year for us. Really good year. He has a year of eligibility remaining. I would be surprised if he returned. Yeah, he's gonna he'll have a chance. He'll, he'll I'm sure he'll go out and get some advice. But um, yeah, he'll have a chance to to make it to the next level. There there's always a you know, worst case he's a um, he would be an unbelievable special teams player and a great rotational linebacker that can develop into a pretty good player. Your third and final helmet sticker goes to who? I'm I'm giving it to Mark Robinson, man. Listen, if you watch him, if you s- seriously sit down and watch this kid's film and watch him play, he is he is cover sideline to sideline so good, man. He reminds me of Rory Johnson, um, like none other. I mean, dude, dude is, is sideline to sideline. He he's always chasing down plays. That speed is is a difference. That's what makes makes defenses good. When you got the speed to, to individually run guys down, and um, man, he's really been a difference maker for us. And, and his story is even better. Walk on from a smaller school, um, gets a scholarship, but he absolutely destroys people every game. Um, always, always making plays. Um, man, I, the, you cannot emphasize how much a chance Campbell and Mark Robinson has helped this Ole Miss defense by having two linebackers that are absolutely all over the place. Um, I mean, it's it's made us to where we're, where we can actually make a stop or two and get some turnovers. Converted running back. That is wild. You just don't usually see that becoming a really competent, if not good linebacker from running back. just doesn't happen very much. Yeah, Marcus. Uh, I, I mean, he's <laughs> he's good, man. He really is. He's fun to watch. It's, it, it, those two guys. Or, or what you know if you have a kid out there watching a football game have him watch those two guys that's the way to play it that's that's all out effort every play um guys like that man they they make the team better and those are the guys if you can try to somehow get you know five six of those guys on the same defense um we're good to go seven total tackles three solos and one quarterback hurry for mark robinson i really thought this was going to be one of the first games that we handed a helmet sticker to jerry on ely he had the 70 yarder and that was about it What's going on with the running backs? I don't know, man. I, I don't know if it's a combination of some injuries and um, and some scheme that just, you know, th- there's been some questionable stuff going on. Just like on the fourth down, you know, I think we knew they were going to blitz us, but, you know, a screen right there is just a little bit, um, I mean, that's tough, man. When, you, when, you're, when you're going for it on fourth and you're, and you're throwing it behind the line of scrimmage, that's always, you're always banking on, you know, on, on a little too much luck there. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. The, 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 the scheme, I'd like to see a little more, a little more variety of run in the run game, but 
Um, you know, I don't know if that has to do with uh, with having guys in and out of there and not being able to get really complex there or what, but um, I don't know. I mean, it's it just hadn't been good. And then you take Ely's run out today, and we got absolutely stuffed in the run game. Let's answer your questions. Bell time. Oh! The, the mail's here. You've got mail. Special mail for you. This is a letter to Hollywood saying, keep it up. Movies are great. Going to Twitter to answer your questions here on the Blue Delta Jeans postgame show. We'll start with Ole Miss Sports at Rebel Sports Talk. Where was Dean Leonard? I think he was hurt, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's hurt. No tight end target period was odd. Have to figure out this offensive line before A&M and MSU. Our run offense wasn't there today outside of one run. That's what we've been saying. It was really bad. Dax Barron at Dax J. Barron. Has attendance been off this year? Looked fairly weak today, and I wonder what Lane thinks about it. Well, he's not happy. Yeah, today, man, today looked like a, um, I mean, like a high school game in the stadium. Um, it, was, it definitely wasn't, wasn't the typical, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's, it's odd. In my lifetime, I can just remember, you know, how how it was always packed at Ole Miss games, you know, even when we, even when we weren't that good, but you know, especially a year when we were seven and two, <laughs> you, you know, you wouldn't have been able to get a ticket. So I don't know if, I don't know if it's just the, you know, the COVID year and everything or what the deal was, but um, yeah, I did. It's just, it wasn't a good look today. Dax Barron at Dax J Barron based off the people on the roster, not seeing the field with a bunch of injured starters. Do you see a lot of processing after this year? Yes, there's going to have to be because the hard capped 85 is coming. It's here and they're going to sign a full class, but to do so they got to let a lot of guys go and that's going to happen. So yes, there's going to be a lot of processing. There has to be. Yeah, I could see that. Um, you know, I think we're going to add some transfers as well. So um, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll do the best best they can to put their best players out there and that's that's really up to them and their job to do it their best work or their most significant important meaningful work for recruiting and building next year's roster is going to come through the portal yep yeah i mean you you look at the most important position on the field we're going to have to go in the portal 100 percent. so you've said it multiple times um you know but i i I think i think quarterback is going to be number one so we're going to have we're going to have to have a big year in there and i think you're going to have some good options there because you know People are going to want to come play for Lane Kiffin at quarterback. So I think we're going to end up with a solid quarterback. Forrest Crumby at Forrest Crumby. Do we have enough offense to compete moving forward? You know what? I Here's what's crazy is the offense, it's not like they're not moving the ball. That's what, what, what would be more concerning. What's more concerning to me is the penalties. You know, it's it's – I think we would be fine, but, but we're kind of beating ourselves so it looks even worse. We're not as explosive as we were. We all know that, but – um, we're not, we're also not getting stuffed either. It's not like we're going three and out. We're just getting down there and not, not finishing. You know, you look at Auburn, we got down there all game, but our red zone offense was, was horrible. So, um, it's a matter of stop doing the penalties and figuring out when we get down there, you know, how do we get the ball in the, in the, in the damn end zone? So, um, you know, I'm not quite as concerned, um, you know, I, I offensively as it, as I would be if we were getting stuffed and going three and out and making a bunch of turnovers. Clay Henley at Clay underscore Henley, the incredibly predictable play calling the past two games has to be a concern, right? Um, you know, I, I don't know if that has to do with with you know us having a backup, oh, yes, backup lineman in there or what, um, or or with Corral banged up some some of the plays. You know, yeah, I think we were doing a lot of draws, we were doing a lot of stuff that involved Corral running. Um, I don't know if it just looked this way because of um, you know because of because of him being banged up or what but I, I agree i think the run game has been so predictable um i think mason had a beat on it i think the liberty defense coordinator had an absolute beat on it today um you know every time we went to run it you know there were seven eight guys there um and that to me is telling me that that there's something on film that that, that is that's some kind of key that they've got to figure it out well what do you think texas a&m and jimbo fisher is going to do yeah, I mean it's it's I don't know if that is the case, but man, they it feel it felt like every time we ran the ball, they had plenty of guys there to stop it. So, um, yeah, I mean it's it's certainly something that that has me worried. Tyler Wilson at Tyler Wilson eighty six non game related, but having to cover Ole Miss professionally and that preventing you from being a fan does that heighten your Braves fandom or have you just always loved them this much? Yes, it's heightened my Braves fandom. My Cowboys fandom has always been that intense. Always. If they make it to the Super Bowl, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. For the Braves to win a World Series and then for the Cowboys to potentially go to the Super Bowl, I could die happy. I don't need anything else sports-wise ever again. I would say, though, that me doing this job and working in close proximity to Ole Miss like I have been has made 
Um, my Braves fandom specifically more heightened, but my Cowboys fandom has always been that insane. Also, can a couple of Braves come to be wide receiver or something? We need them. God, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? There are a couple of guys we could point to that would be really nice wide receiver for Ole Miss from the Braves. Corey P at Pat underscore pathetic. What's with the rumor that Kiffin is not happy about the NIL deals in place? Well, if there's a rumor out there about him not being happy with NIL deals in place, it has nothing to do with the NIL deals themselves because he wants those NIL deals. He wants as much money going into those NIL deals as possible. So if he's unhappy, that means that they're not doing necessarily what they need to do. That would be the read on that. Yeah, the read on that would be there's just not enough of them, you know, and and he's probably hearing it from other guys at other schools about some of the stuff his players are getting. And then when it comes to recruiting, you know, they're using that against us. And, and, you know, I've I've heard this as well, and I heard it from a pretty reliable source that there's not many deals, if any at all, for Ole Miss players. Um, You know, I know know Nick at Blue Delta did one, but um, I I don't think that there's there's been much at all, even even for even for Corral. So, um, you know, I don't I don't know how true that is, but I I don't think it's been quite as good as as um, as they were hoping. Well, all this stuff is done out in the open. It's all done above board, so we can talk about it. Ole Miss, Alabama, Kentucky have all worked out NIL deals with Barry and Brown. Ole Miss, Alabama, and Mississippi State have all worked out NIL deals with Jaheim Otis. So there are particular players, but if you're talking about the overall grand infrastructure put in place, it's just not there. For individual players, yes. But the big operational stuff that you want to see them do with NIL, no, it's not there. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know enough to comment on it that hard, but um, it doesn't It doesn't feel, it doesn't appear that that, that you know, that it's going very well for us. It's got to be better. Bottom line. Darby McCraney at Darby underscore dimes. Way too early guess for who the three starting wide receivers for Ole Miss will be next week against Texas A&M. Well, I'm hoping Braylon Sanders is, is, um, is can go full, you know, go a full game. Um, I think we need him. Um, you know, I, I don't like that he missed that pass coming in like that. You know, that's just, it just shows you what maybe not, maybe not as focused or something. I don't know, but um, hopefully we have him back full go. We need him. Dennis Jackson will be a great, um, you know, if he comes out, has, has, has some confidence going, let's build off that confidence. And if Drummond gets back, you know, it, it would be nice to have those three full go. And I don't know what the situation with Mingo is, but those three provide you enough to, to, to give you something a, a lot more than what, what we've been getting. I don't think you can rely on Jonathan Mingo the rest of the regular season. If he comes back, I'll gladly eat my words here. I was told really early into his injury that he was not going to be back until at least mid-November. So this is about the time, and it doesn't look like he's anywhere close. Dontario Drummond, maybe Braylon Sanders, definitely Jacor Pearson, and definitely Dennis Jackson. John Rice Plumley mixed in there too. But if you could get Dontario Drummond back fully healthy, that's a big piece. Okay, a way too early prediction from you, Bradley Sal, on Ole Miss Texas A&M after watching Ole Miss beat Liberty twenty-seven to fourteen. Well, I'm I'm concerned, man. I, and the reason the reason I am is because they they have an absolutely stud at running back. Um, Man, and if Liberty runs for two hundred something yards on you, I just don't even want to imagine. I kept there thinking, like, man, what's t- what's Texas A&M going to look like next week um, versus? So um, I'm gonna watch them closely tonight. I haven't really, really got. I've watched them a couple times, and this is when they were struggling early on, and I wasn't impressed. But I think they've kind of picked it, picked it up. Um, you know, it's 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 going to be a tough matchup for us, man. And um, it's just one of those it's one of those things where you know I can see them rushing for for well over three hundred yards, if not more. Um, against us so it's going to be a tough game for us has your record prediction changed now after seeing Ole Miss against Liberty well it's it doesn't it isn't necessarily Ole Miss versus Liberty that that's changed my outlook it's the fact that we have this many injuries and we're playing pretty sloppy football you know all around and and you know it's it's I I, I wanted I, I was pretty confident if we had beat Auburn we were going to win out um but I mean it's just we need our guys we all right here our, you go here you go if they had beaten Auburn and then had this performance against Liberty, would you have still felt confident that they were going to win out? It would depend. It would have, it would have depended on how we beat Auburn and, and how that game went. Um, but I mean, it's just it's hard to say. I, I think if Ole Miss plays good ball, we we can win out. Like I think if we if we cut out the penalties and play good disciplined football, and our defense, you know, can can somewhat stop the run, I think we can win out. But that stuff just isn't happening. You know, that, that's that's what that's the what if game. I, I think are we good enough to beat these? Beat every team on the schedule, absolutely. Whereas in years past, where you're like, "Hey, man, well, I know we ain't winning that one," um, you know, we just ain't got the guys. I, I think we have the talent to win out, and I, and I want to say we're going to win out, but man, the, the the weaknesses are just there, you know. And, and and we're about to we're about to play a team that absolutely can exploit the us in the in the run game. So, um, man, it's it's gonna be tough. It really is. 
He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. This has been the Blue Delta Jeans post-game show. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. And this podcast can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Just simply search Talk of Champions. You can find full post-game coverage of Ole Miss's win over Liberty on the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of on3.com. And we'll have full recruit reaction because Ole Miss actually had a pretty big visitor weekend for Liberty, including Cam East, the offensive of Lyman currently committed to Mississippi State, a priority target for Ole Miss in 2022. Only Ole Miss Spirit, Ole Miss Spirit.com and Philadelphia3.com. Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you next week. See you, Ben. Hotty toddy. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $129 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $249 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.